1: Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it is another Saturday morning. It's time for another Steelers podcast on Behind the Steel Curtain. I'm your boy, Daniel J. This is State of the Steelers, and today we're talking about it might just be time to just enjoy Steelers football, y'all. You know, the Steelers fall and lose again, uh, lose this time to the Baltimore Ravens, 16-14 in a turnover fest by Mitch Trubisky. Um in a game where, you know, playoff implications were on the line and the Steelers weren't able to get done what they needed to get done on both sides of the ball. So with four weeks left in the season, what do the Pittsburgh Steelers have to look forward to now that they are 5-8? and And Don't get me wrong, there's still a small chance that the Pittsburgh Steelers can make the playoffs, but it is extremely unlikely. One, they would have to do something (laughs) – they haven't done all season, which is win more than two games in a row. And they would need a lot of teams to win a significant amount of games, majority of their games, uh, the rest of the season. And so with that being said, the likelihood that the Pittsburgh Steelers will be playing extended uh, into January or late January is, is almost virtually none. And so with a, with a month left, what is it that we uh, have to look forward to what is it that we want to you know what to expect out of the pittsburgh steelers what do we want to see out of our team you know we're going to definitely hope that the uh, the miracle comes you know happens and the pittsburgh steelers win out the games and and the jets chargers and uh all the other teams that need to lose lose three out of four games and the pittsburgh steelers are able to make it in but if that ends up not being the case what is it that we should be focusing in on? What should we do? And the first thing is, I think, like I said, the title of the show is it's just time to enjoy Steelers football. <clears throat> the NFL season isn't a very long one. And, you know, it's only about, what, five months, six months out of the year if you're lucky. The rest of the time, it's it's hoping and waiting for football season to start, having that optimism and that joy and glee, waiting for Sunday and Looking forward to the weather cooling down after a long, hot summer and and looking forward to just, you know, seeing your team compete. But we have that opportunity to see that for the next four weeks. You know, I'm going to be, for one, still tuned in, tuned into Pittsburgh Steelers and behind the steel curtain and, you know, still tuned in on the news and and, and what the Steelers are doing, because this is a uh, a developmental year. You know, you have a lot of young pieces and and new players, new to the team, uh, in key positions starting this year. And, you know, for the rest of the year, what we want to see is is something that the Steelers can build upon going into next season. And the first step is the Carolina Panthers. Now, there's a big question mark going into this game as far as who the, uh, uh, the guy, the, who's the guy going to be lining up behind Mason Cole. Uh, as far as the quarterback position goes, you know, is Kenny Pickett going to be cleared at the time of this recording? Kenny has uh, limited participated in practices twice. Um, you know, I, I suspect that if he participates in full practice the next, you know, Friday and Saturday, then I mean, I suspect um, all the question marks as far as, you know, who's going to come in if if Kenny's not the guy. Those get squashed. You know, what I mean, it doesn't matter. I think Kenny Pickett starts regardless. If uh, you know, if he's clear to play, I mean. Now, if he's not clear to play, <clears throat> I think this is an interesting situation. Now, we have to remember who we're talking about. We're talking about Coach Tomlin, who who likes to seek uncomfortable and uh, you know situations and create uncomfortable scenarios, and so. You know, by Mike Tomlin coming out earlier this week and in the press conference and talk about how um you know he didn't he was gonna take the quarterback position day by day. He looked at Mason Rudolph and Ms. Trubisky as QB A and QB or QB two A and QB two B. You know, there's been some reports and you know optimism looking out of the Mason Rudolph camp that there's a possibility that he may get the nod over Mr. Trubisky. And for one thing I'll say is uh, Mr. Bisky had three horrible passes uh, during the the last game against the Ravens, you know, but he was doing okay up until, until he wasn't, (laughs) I know that sounds uh, obvious, but you know, he was doing well. He was moving the ball down the field I don't think his passes were extremely accurate or he was crisp or any of those things. You know, he looked a lot better relieving Kenny Pickett the first time he went down with a concussion against Tampa Bay. Uh, but you also have to remember, he was probably a lot less rusty at that point. He had had a full four weeks of games under his belt. He'd only been sidelined for a couple weeks there. You know, it's been a full month since then and or longer than that. And there um, two months since then. I'm sorry. And so, I mean, you're looking at a long time for him to be on the bench. So rust could be a thing that he was trying to shake off. He wasn't anticipating on playing in this game. So he didn't probably get much, if none, of the uh, first team reps. So, you know, when we put it all into context, I understand. But at the end of the day, you're a professional athlete in the and, you know, you get paid quite a bit of money to make those throws. And he didn't get the job done in key situations. You know, he turned the ball over in a game where the outcome was only a difference of two points. Now, I don't anticipate that the Steelers would have, you know, had the block field goal, for instance, not been blocked. And they made that, you know, three points. Uh, I I still think that this game goes down to the wire due to the fact that um, Baltimore had the ball with two minutes left and they just kneeled the ball. And they were able to move the ball with ease on the on the on the ground. And so. It would have been very difficult regardless of the fact that, you know, the outcome may not have changed if if one of the, uh, you know, that block field goal or one of those interceptions turns into into uh, into a field goal. Now, a few of those did. That's a different ballgame. That's a different story. I think you take Baltimore out of their element, you make them pass the ball more. And I think that's that game is handled with a lot more ease and the Steelers are well in contention. Um, you know, for a playoff um, possibility and, and, you know, push there. And so the Steelers kind of beat themselves, Um, you know, Kenny Pickett went down. And for one, I thought that the, uh, you know, I thought that the tackle on Kenny Pickett that ended up injuring was a little bit unnecessary. I'll be honest. I didn't think it was a necessary um, slam down. It wasn't something that needed to be done, you know, in the, uh, for the NFL to say they want to, have quarterback safety being a huge issue, that was a bad look. You know, not only that, but it was clear as day, and I saw it in live action. I didn't have to slow it down or anything to see that the uh, defender there grabbed Kenny Pickett by the face mask and pushed him down into the ground by his face mask, and, you know, that that should have been called. That's unnecessary um, by the rule and by the law, uh, the whole nine yards, and so I was pretty disappointed in that. Uh, but, you know, you look at Ms. Trubisky. he was able to put, throw the ball down the field and, you know, it kind of his history kind of bit him in the in the rear there. He's been known as a guy that looks locks down his receivers. He just kind of, you know, eyes one in and then, you know, makes the throw when he thinks that it's open. And if it doesn't, sometimes he'll run around. It's very, you know, not very often that he is a guy that goes through his progressions and able to find that second, third guy. And so that kind of bit him in the rear in this game on at least two of the interceptions where he was just eyeing his guy, never looked off, never looked to see if anybody else was uh, open. You know, he made the throw without looking to see if, you know, the coverage on the other side of the, you know, um, near the middle of the field, but on the opposite end. And where there was a guy hiding underneath and was able to pick him off, and so you know, there was just too many mistakes. and so with all that being said, I'm not saying that based on that one performance that you um you bench him for or you you demote him for uh, for Mason Rudolph, you know. Mike Tomlin, you know, and I think Ben Roethlisberger brought this up on his on his show. He said that uh you can't you can't say I'd rather have guys that you know that I have to say whoa versus um sick them to. You know, he wants aggressive um guys that want the ball, want to make plays and have that, you know, and be the um be the playmaker that they need to be. And so when Mitch Trubisky goes out there and is aggressive and trying to make those plays, you know, that is a um guy that you have to say maybe perhaps woe in that situation versus Sikkim. and you know it's a double edged sword in certain aspects but i just don't think you make those throws man <laughs> and so i don't know if it's enough to bench him in normal situations but well, yeah mason rudolph and I, and i don't, i'm not the i'm not the salary cap guru or anything like that but in my opinion you know, if you let Mason Rudolph play right now, let's just say he does well. you know, he does. He, he increases his free agency value, this upcoming free agency, and perhaps increases his his the amount of money that he's going to be getting paid from another team. There are a lot of teams or a few teams, I'm sorry, that are out there that are going to be probably might be in the market for a quarterback who don't have a first round pick available, such as the Saints. And so. You know, they have Andy Dalton. They have James Winston, who isn't panning out. They don't have a first-round pick. They gave it up for, a, uh, for their receiver, Olave. And uh, I think that, you know, he could be a guy that could get a potential starting gig. And if he plays well, that could increase the amount of money that he's going to make once he does get into free agency. And so what that translates into, and I'm not sure if it does or doesn't, but you know, if you have somebody that leaves that gets paid quite a bit and is a starter, I think that can translate into a comp pick. It's, at least it's a possibility. You know, that's one plus of him potentially leaving if he's going out on a good note. I don't think there's any, you know, there's not a world out there unless, you know, Ms. Trubisky wants to go and, um, you know, find find work elsewhere and the Steelers you know, allow Mason to go out there and test the market. He just doesn't get what he's looking for. I don't see Mason coming back. And so, you know, if he does leave this off season, you know, getting a comp pick in return would be a, a positive thing. You know, it, it help out build this team and and continue to build this team into something that is a contender. And so, I've thought about that being a possibility. Um, you know, he's going to play as his heart out, you know, it's going to be his um, audition to not just the Steelers, but to the NFL to show that, hey, you know what? I am a, um, a quarterback that can be a, uh, a starter capable QB in this league. And, you know, I'll tell you what, based on what I've seen of him, his best attribute is throwing the ball deep, the accuracy deep. And so, you know, he perhaps could get George Pickens into some favorable positions. Now you look at Deontay Johnson, he came out earlier, he was uh, talking and he was, you know, in my opinion, kind of put his foot in his mouth, but explained to um, uh, the media and to the world that he would like to see uh, Mason Rudolph, you know, he has his back, he talked about Mason being his boy since, you know, he was a guy that they worked together in, in his rookie year, Deontay Johnson that is, and that was the year that Ben went out with his elbow injury. And so he wants to see Mason out there. Um, you know, earlier this season, don't forget that um, Mitch Trubisky and Deontay Johnson reportedly had a disagreement in the uh, locker room there of the uh, Jets game at halftime, and it's been speculated that was in part and perhaps some of the reason to why Kenny Pickett ended up getting put in there. I don't think that's the case. I think, I think, think, I think Coach T got a call from upstairs to – to make the switch. And so I think that's what ended up happening there. But as far as offensively, what I want to see in this game is I want to see continued growth, you know, regardless of who's at the quarterback position, I think we need to see this offensive line take another step forward. Uh, This left side of the offensive line is getting a lot of criticism, a lot of criticism, and rightfully so. They've um, been the weak point of the offensive line. And so, you know, these guys are playing for, you know, their jobs out there. Um, you know, these guys don't pick it up, you know, as Mike Tomlin, you know, says he'll force their play will force them to go shopping. And, you know, everybody's looking at that left tackle position and seeing if the Pittsburgh Steelers are any top, you know, 10 pick come the draft, that left tackle could be a uh, a key position in keeping Kenny Pickett in the future franchise quarterback upright and potentially, you know, being a successful team. Uh and so you want to see growth. You want to see this team move forward. Um, I would. I honestly want to see George Pickens get more than three targets. You know, I don't understand why he's not getting targeted more. You know, is it a coach thing? Is it a player thing? I don't know at this point. Uh, Marlon Humphreys from Baltimore Ravens had reportedly stated that he was getting burned all game by by George Pickens, and and oftentimes he's beating his guy. You know, he came out earlier this year and stated that 90% of the time he's open. And, you know, looking at the l 22, he's NFL open quite a bit, you know, and 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 many a times he's, he's even more open. He's just never looked at. And it's, you know, it's – I don't know what it is, but if it's a coordinator thing, then, you know, Matt Canada needs to change that or he needs to go because George Pickens is clearly – you know, when you look at this offense – Um, he's one step above everybody when it comes to his position. So I think he's a stud. I think he's a guy that is going to be a difference maker. Um, Not taking anything against anybody else, but I think that, um, you know, George Pickens can be the top receiver in the NFL if he can get the ball to him and, um, and we can utilize him correctly. The Steelers can utilize him correctly. You know, Najee Harris being the top running back that's going to be tough with the likes of McCaffrey playing and another another dynamic um, running backs. You look at the, uh, the quarterback position. There's just so many elite quarterbacks in the league right now. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers is still playing, even though he's having a down year. Uh, you know, you, you still have these top-tier quarterbacks. I think that when you look at the receiver, there's some good ones, but I think that George Pickens has the ability of being the top one. And, you know, you have to utilize him as such. You have to throw the ball at him and target him. You know, the Steelers have forced targets before to receivers, um, whether it was uh, Deontay Johnson or or, or A.B., you know, further in the past. You know, why not change the game plan and, and kind of focus in on George Pickens? I think that, you know, his ability to catch the ball and his catch radius is just outstanding and the Steelers need to target him more. They definitely do. Uh, But, you know, with this offense, I think we just want to see some more growth and development. You know, we got to build some confidence. Wins will help that this team, uh, the Carolina Panthers, they're, they're, they're not, they're, they're a team on the, on the up and up, you know, they got rid of their coach uh, Matt rule, in favor for their, um, the interim coach, Steve Wilkes, who since has been four and four and is undefeated at home. So, you know, they're a team that's still playing for playoff contention. And even though they have the same record as the Pittsburgh Steelers, they're just in a weaker, weaker division, but, you know, so these are two teams going in opposite directions. Steelers coming off a two game losing streak. It's, um, You know, it's time to get right, so to speak. But we'll talk more on what the defense needs to do once we get back from a word from our sponsors. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. And Hang on tight.
0: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal.
1: Hey, welcome back. Looks like you guys made it to the other side. Welcome back to State of the Steelers, where today we're talking about it's just time to just enjoy the Steelers football. And, and speaking about enjoying Steelers football, if you guys haven't caught the uh, Know Your Enemy podcast that aired out this week, where Dwight Stone was on with um, Shannon and uh, and Bad, you got to go catch that. That was a great, great conversation that they had. Um, I tr- I thoroughly enjoyed it, you know, you know, having a former player, of the Pittsburgh Steelers on the show and being, you know, and having those guys ask those questions, uh, they get, you know, that allow you to get to know the players is awesome. You know, I really thoroughly enjoyed it. It's a, you know, it's one of those podcasts that are, are unlike majority of our podcasts. And the meaning of that is that, it's timeless. You can go back and listen to that at any point. A lot of our shows that we put out there, you know, the uh, the the length and width, they're relevant isn't very long, and they're usually only until the next game. And so that podcast there is a great one. I highly recommend to go back and give it a listen and let them know I sent you in in their comment sections, If depending on where you find it at. And, of course, if you haven't checked out um, – Bad language, the stat geek, or let's ride. Go check out those great shows. Great insight and perspective on the Pittsburgh Steelers and everything that you want to know about from the uh, the three main guys from behind the steel curtain. Go check them out. And so, <clears throat> with that being said, let's get back into into the uh, into the podcast here. You know, so this is a time to just enjoy Steelers football. You know, I mentioned it earlier. You know, we're either watching, you know, Steelers football or waiting to watch Steelers football. And, you know, we're in that time where we get the opportunity to watch. Uh, I think there's going to be a long offseason with a lot of news and a lot of hype. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be making some moves this offseason. Uh, this is going to be Omar Khan's first real offseason to to make those free agent moves to plan for the draft and and build the team. Uh, to his liking and what he feels this team needs. And so, with that being said, you know, right now it's time to enjoy and watch who is going to be a part of the Pittsburgh Steelers' future. Now, when you look at the team defensively especially, there's a lot of guys who are are on their last last year of their contract. I mean, you're looking at the likes of Larry Joby, Devin Bush, Cam Sutton, Tyson Alualu, Marcus Allen, Terrell Edmonds, Robert Spillane, Malik Reed, Chris Wormley, DeMonte Casey, Carl Joseph, who's been on IR since preseason. Uh, Miles Boykin, who's not on defense, but a special teams ace that I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to want to continue to have as a member of their team. Uh, you're looking at James Pierre as well. And so these are guys on the defense that – are playing for their future, for their contract, whether it's with the Pittsburgh Steelers or not. And so when we watch this game, this upcoming week against Carolina, I anticipate this team being a team that's going to go out there and, and perform and try to show that they are, you know, that defense that we all had hoped and thought so. Now, you know, you look at the, uh, the outcome of the, or the score last week and say, hey, you know, this team kept the, the Baltimore Ravens down, down to 16 points. Um, and it's under 20, and I understand those things. But they still couldn't stop the run. And there's some big holes in, in on this defense. And I, I think a lot of it is as health related, to be honest with you. You know, this team was especially early on in this season, uh, the defense was you know used on at a uh at a remarkable pace. I mean, it was probably equivalent to the use of Najee Harris last year. You know what I'm saying? With, you know, the first game, the Steelers defense is out there against the Bengals for a hundred snaps. You know, the, the constant three and outs, this offense really put this defense in a bind and a pickle and it allowed it to become fatigued and injured. And so, you know, it's a long season as well. And these injuries have been lingering on and, Even through all that, they've still been able to manage to be a bend-but-don't-break type of defense. And it's kudos to them that the Steelers have had probably the amount of wins that they have. I can't say. So there are certain games that you can say that the defense have won because the offense has uh, not put their part in, per se, but there hasn't been a game that's been the other way around where the offense took over and was able to put more points in the opposite team and the defense. You know what I'm trying to say? They didn't, uh, this offense hasn't carried them at all. And so this defense has been carrying a lot of weight, but what I want to see out of this defense is improvement. Um, I want to see this team stop the run. It's going to be, um, you know, Isaiah Lattermilk is probably going to get a helmet this week due to the uh, Chris Wormley a, uh, ACL injury that he sustained, which is unfortunate because he's in his last season here. You know what I'm saying? He's go he's up for a, a contract, and he he tears his ACL in December. It's late in the season. It's um, it's going to be pretty tough for him. I feel very, I I I feel very sorry for this man. It's very very unfortunate, but you have. You know, some guys here that I think the Steelers are going to want to extend. Uh, I'm looking at Terrell Edmonds. I think he's shown his improvement. He's shown why he's a uh, he's a value to this team. When he was out with a concussion, you know, this, the, the Steelers, you know, past defense significantly suffered there. And so I think he's a guy that you're going to see kind of improve. I would like to say you could see Devin Bush, you know, improve more, but he's just – with Devin Bush, it's just—I don't think it's just there anymore. You know, I don't know if it's heart or lack of trust in his leg, which I doubt, because some of the things that that he does, he puts himself out of—he pos- puts himself out of position. He's running into blockers versus a trying to attempt to make a tackle in certain cases. Um, I don't know. It's—it's it's unfortunate. He had a significant injury, and he's just not been the same since. And I think that that position there, the inside linebacker, is going to be one that's going to be addressed in free agency or the draft. Um, My preference is, especially if the Steelers, you know, they like the bloodline. They like the uh, bring in the relative, so to speak. You know, re-sign Terrell Edmonds, give him a little bit better of a contract, extend him a little bit longer, and then bring in his brother Tremaine Bring in him for the middle linebacker position. He's going to be a, a free agent this year. I think, yeah, Miles Jack and Tremaine Edmonds there in the middle. Yeah, there's not going to be very many teams that are going to be running on you. That's for sure. And so uh, that's just my little hopefully put that out there and maybe Omar Khan makes some magic happen this offseason, this free agency. If if Edmonds doesn't, uh, Tremaine Edmonds, that is, doesn't get, Resigned signed or, or franchise tagged or something like that out of Buffalo. But I digress. Um, you know, I'm you're, you're looking at at a lot of players here who are playing for a contract and playing for their lives out there. So I don't expect to see this team quit at the end of the day. This team is not going to quit. This team is going to continue to fight forward. They're going to put their best foot forward. And I think this game against Carolina is definitely one that's winnable. Um you know, this team, they're going to be starting Sam Darnold. Uh, he hasn't done much, really, to be honest with you. He's played in two games. and the last two games that he played, uh, what was it? The last two games that he has played, I think he averaged for um, like 140 yards in both – Like, is 140 yards for both games, uh, 20 attempts in each game. He, he's not really throwing the ball. Uh, they're running the ball fairly well with Chuba Hubbard and and – Dante Foreman, which is something that the Steelers are going to have to to learn to stop because the Carolina Panthers are going to continue to run the ball, and if they have success with running the ball, it's going to end up being a long day for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, I look at the teams that the Carolina Panthers have beaten recently. Um, you know, the same thing can be said about the Steelers. You know, they beat the Falcons and the Colts la- last two games. You know, the uh, Carolina beat. Uh, the Denver Broncos and, and Seattle Seahawks, which are looking kind of, you know, they're looking decent, but, you know, at the end of the day, they're not juggernaut teams. Um, I think this is definitely a winnable game. You know, my keys to victory in this game, you know, we're going to definitely have to have, you know, we're going to have to protect the football, you know, having three turnovers or interceptions like that is just not going to, it's not going to cut it. Now, and on the other side i think the pittsburgh steelers are going to have to create some turnovers they're going to have to give this offense a short field to work with put them in prime uh, scoring position that way they can um, dictate the way the game the game flow of this game you know the next thing is i think the steelers are going to have to return to the running game last week i don't know why or what for what reason but it just kind of seemed like they went away from the running game uh, perhaps it was because the running game was uh, insignificant or inefficient at times or throughout the entire game. You know, they just weren't running the ball well and, you know, they're going to have to turn that back around. You know, I think that was a huge key to the formula of success that they had again in, in their two victories against the Colts and the Falcons. Um, and even against the, uh, the Bengals in, in that game, that was, you know, a one score loss. I thought the Steelers ran well and, you know, we're starting to find some identity. In this game, it was like they 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 met a little bit of adversity with the run. They weren't doing as well as they wanted, and they just kind of went one hundred percent away from it. And I don't think they can do that anymore. They need to stick with it. They need to be able to get a little bit more, uh, you know, get consistent with it. Now, I know that comes with a uh, with the potential of run, run, pass, punt, and you know everybody gets upset and, and when when the plays don't work, but. You know, strategically throwing in maybe a pass and then a run, but not doing like pass pass or pass screen pass, things of that nature. They just really went away from the run in the last game. And Najee in the beginning of the game looked like he was moving the pile a little bit. You I mean he wasn't having any gaudy yards or big rushes like he had previously, but he was he looked like he was pushing the pile. And so I think that you have to return to the to the running game. And defensively, also, you want to you make the Carolina Panthers one-dimensional. You want to make Sam Darnold beat you. You want to put them in positions where they have to throw the ball. And so, you know, if you guys, if the Steelers can do that, protect the ball, create turnovers, and uh, get back to running the ball uh, and dictating the, you know, making the Panthers one-dimensional, make Sam Darnold beat them, uh, I think that's a good formula for success for this team. And which will come into my predictions. Um, I predict that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to win this game. Uh, I don't think they're going to score over 20 points just because it doesn't seem like that's the characteristic of this offense, especially uh, with a team that has a question mark at the quarterback position. So I'm going to go ahead and say the Steelers do score 20. Carolina scores 16. It's going to be pretty close. But I think the Steelers take this game uh, and move forward. Let's build some, you know, we'll have to do this one game at a time. If the playoffs end up unraveling and finding a way that the Steelers find a way in making that last game relevant, so to speak, then I'll be jumping for joy because I'll be at that game. Uh, I'll be at the uh, Steelers versus um, um, Cleveland Browns game on January 8th. And so it would be nice for that game to be relevant. Uh, but if not, I'm going to enjoy that game. I'm just like, I'm going to enjoy the rest of these games because season's almost over y'all and I'm not really looking forward to the off and you know, I really want to continue to watch my team play and I want to watch my team do well and build that confidence and really build the um, build the, some you know get out of being an embarrassing team right now because you know being five and eight is not something that the Pittsburgh Steelers are accustomed for the fans definitely don't like this we don't like it at one bit. Uh, we're not used to it. Call us spoiled. Call us whatever you want. It's um, it's not the standard. Yeah. And. You know, I think that the. Uh, although getting to respectability is is not the standard that we're hoping for. It's it's better than being at the bottom of the barrel, in my opinion. And so I look forward to this team building confidence and building uh, building that. Next step forward and for for the future, whether that's them stumbling their way into the uh, playoffs or or 2023 with uh, hopefully some 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 bigger pieces added to this team and and maybe a contender, a contender. Who knows? Uh, But first things first, let's go look at this game and let's enjoy this game against the Carolina Panthers. Let's enjoy the Steelers going out there, making some noise, and watching our black and gold team go out there and, and play another game. With that being said, guys, that's all I got for you. Um, please go check out behindthesteelcurtain.com for all the articles, news, updates, and perspective on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Check out all the other audio podcasts that are out there, wherever you find audio, uh, wherever you find your podcast at. Just search up behind the steel curtain. Steelers, are usually the top one you find. With that being said, I'm Daniel J. This is Behind the Steel Curtain at State of the Steelers.